Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 14th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. With me is my co-host, Will Terps. Yo, yo. Yeah, buddy. With us tonight, we have Lenny Volpe from Roots Indoor Garden Supply in Spokane, Washington. Are you there with us, Lenny? Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Coming in uh, clear. All right. Cool, man. So we usually do just like a quick little intro. Uh, but um, since we already got you on the horn, I, I mean, I don't I don't have anything spectacular that I did in the last week. Do you have anything you want to say, Will, that happened weed related in the last week? No. Nothing, nah, nothing nah, really. man. Let's, yeah, let's get um, right to it then. Let's get right to it. So, uh, Lenny, you're in the state of Washington, correct? Yeah. All right. So can you please uh, state your name, the city, company, and are you still a medical producer or did like you went wreck? I'm sure we're going to elaborate on your story here later in. I just like to get an intro from the person I'm interviewing when we start. Sure. Yeah. So I'm out of Spokane, Washington. I own a hydroponic grow shop called uh, Roots Indoor Garden Supply um i have my hand i've had my hands in it all i still am a uh, medical grower uh, i have my medical card here in washington i've had it for years now and uh i'm also a i'm affiliated with a couple of recreational grows um starleaf and um uh i work side by side with another grow the high road um and um so I've been, you know, in the business for the last 20 years out of Spokane, Washington here, born and raised um, and have kind of uh, been in a little bit of, of everything. I'm just now uh, I've been in the uh, the recreational part of it for um, five years and I've been part of medical. Oh, your audio is cutting out for a second there, man. Oh. Do I need to uh, repeat a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Can you go back? It was, uh, you talked about medical for like 10 seconds and then uh, it cut out for a second. Sure. Um, am I coming in consistent now though? Is that Yeah, better? yeah, yeah. You, uh, Star, okay. Starleaf, you said Starleaf is one that you're affiliated yeah, with? Yeah, so, um, yeah, Starleaf is uh, a recreational grow that I'm actually a partner in. Nice. And, um, I'm affiliated with a few other ones. Um, my main guy that I really like out there is uh, the High Road, uh, ran by Don. Um, okay. I've helped do a lot of setup with him and work side by side. He's an excellent organic grower out there. Dope. Um, so I work real the, close the High Road, the High Road, and Starleaf. If I'm in Spokane, yeah. look for those yeah, on Star the shelf. Starleaf is a they they uh, generally uh, wholesale, so you won't see them much on the shelf. But you'll see the High Road out there. They're a uh, organic grower and they come with some super fire uh strains and stuff. so when it's uh if if high leaf is like a wholesaler do they just is it like white label like the, it's just the strain and that's it and then they list the other relevant information or does like so, the farmer the, does the farmer who produced it do they not care or do they still get their name and logo on it like how does that work generally how that works when you wholesale you're selling to another company that's going to sell the the product with their tag on it. So generally Starleaf won't be mentioned in uh, that uh, that brand, but uh, okay, uh, cool. you know, a lot of these big companies, they need to fulfill orders and they'll buy from other growers and, and package up other grower stuff. Yeah, cause um, 
dude yeah i would like to hear you talk a little bit about that too and how the the burden of packaging shifts between retail and production oh yeah is, uh <laughs> Yeah, man, we can talk about that when I ask you the the rules changing type question, sure. I guess. Um, so how long have you been in cultivation? So I've been a, a part of medical since 1998 when I started in Washington. That's the last 20 years. Now. Damn, dude, um, that's tight, man. Yeah, so I've been there since the beginning. Um, I opened up my grow shop in 2010. And I've been a part of the recreational scene for the last five to six years. Dope, dude. That's dope. Like, that man, 20 years of experience, man. Yeah, growing the whole time, man. It's been yeah. uh, it's been a, a cool little ride, you know. It's um, learned a lot. I've, I've seen a lot of different parts of the industry from the growers on the medical side, obviously, to the uh, producers and the processors and the rec and um, – you know, from the beginning to where we're at now, you know, it's it's been a lot of different stuff. Okay, dude. And um, if you want to stop me and go off on a tangent about whatever you want to talk about, dude, like, please just do that. You know, like, I just have these cookie cutter questions as a guide. If there's something that sure. you really want to express that you're concerned about or you want people to pay attention to, then feel free, dude. Um, yeah, no problem. My, my next question is what sort of methods... Um, do you practice in your cultivation like have you evolved i'm sure you've tried everything if you're a, a hydroponic yeah. store owner you know what i mean like you yeah, have access so to all is... those things at cost it's like you might as well run a room <laughs> and see what it does you know what i mean yeah for sure we do a lot of different stuff i've had um you know so done a lot of different methods and you'd be surprised you know a lot of people have a big curiosity and a high interest towards hydroponic growing in itself you know yeah the term hydroponic is to grow without soil you know whether yeah. it's uh you know the water-based growing increase your yield man 30 yeah. percent more yield uh, like it's a tricky thing man i would say 95 percent or higher of the growers that come into my shop uh, are not hydroponic that's grower. dope i feel yeah. like it's a northwest thing lenny you know what i mean <laughs> like we kind of take pride in our soil and like yeah dude, i've never grown hydro myself i've uh worked for farms that did that on trim crew and it just yeah. does not smell or taste the same to me you know what i mean it's and just it's, it's not as good as it sounds man i think um it's a lot more difficult than people <laughs> would think there's more things that you have to be in control of and watch and things things can be really productive in a hydroponic garden but things can go haywire really fast too you know so if yeah. you're not in control of your uh temperature of your water let's just say or something yeah or control of your environment something starts to go south really fast it, or a pump goes out you know what i mean it's exactly. circulating and the yeah. pump goes out it's like one of my homies said dude if it's if i get there after four hours it's fucked yeah, so you can I'm do like, really well, you can do really man. well, really fast. But if something goes bad, then it, you can do bad. So you're you're doing this in hydro gardening. You know, it's hard to stay consistent, and yeah. uh, you know that's why soil is like just really friendly. It's it's what people always land on in the end. It seems like, you know, it's just tried and tried and true, and you get that uh, you get that quality, that flavor as a grower. You know, I agree. Taste and 
and quality comes out of the soil it seems like you can you can get really good production still that way so i agree it seems man. like it seems like that's where everybody ends up going and that's where most of my customers are and most of the, the recreational girls are still using a soil if not a soil you know like a cocoa base with perlite or something like that that's and actually hydroponics starts at a a soilless medium uh even too so you can grow hydro with uh with a medium it's just yeah be a soilless like yeah cocoa even pro mix yeah. is a, a soilless mix yeah dude some guys will do those lava stones too you know what i mean they got like a elaborate little recipe i'm like dude i'd rather just yeah. use dirt i'd rather use dirt you know? I, I will exactly. say there Go is ahead, something will. to and i i prefer uh organic soil grown for sure too on the soil grown. um but there's something to, yep. to to be said about the how clean you can get like the runoff um in terms of just like residual uh, residual nutrients like hydro you can get it pretty clean i've seen some uh some people get it real low and almost to lower than the than the point than that soil could ever be you know even if you were to flush it for for three weeks um but then sure. again still there's you know the question of um you know what nutrients did you use you know what nutrients are you know going to be available sure. for uptake in, in the hydro uh method so yeah um yeah so the idea would be that in hydro you could probably flush faster you know that's probably true yeah. Um, yeah. there's nothing there's no medium there holding on the particulates and holding on to salts and stuff like that so in a hydro system where you're just spraying the roots with water let's just say you can just wash that stuff off pretty quick and flush would take us so that's kind of a yeah one of one of my homies in portland too he's like man it's no green man it's all light green or yellow i'm like dude <laughs> I, don't, I don't care bro like man there's no i know what that's gonna taste like when it's done man like you're gonna have to yeah. put some sweetener yeah. some, some kool-aid shit in there at the end for it to trick my nose into thinking <laughs> it's bomb you know what i mean the flush is important for flavor man you know you want to wash those salts out you know, and so that's something if you as a connoisseur, you know, you want to be able to enjoy the, the experience of smoking it and the taste and get those, the, the strain specific taste, you know, you want to get a good flush. You don't, you know, you don't want to miss that. So no doubt, Lenny, no doubt. So, so are your soil, soil grower then correct right now? Yeah, I prefer soil based growing. You know, the things that I like to uh, worry about more than, um, more than anything is you know environmental stuff you know the more you're in control of of the temperature and humidity and vpd vpd uh-huh yeah you know so uh make sure you your room is dialed environmentally and that is where uh uh you'll reap the most reward in um your performance program you know so i agree uh, we try to focus on that stuff and let the you know, all these nutrients and things you do, they can all, they're not, they're not a miracle solution, man. You got to have everything else in place so they can do what they need. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Damn right, Lenny. Damn right. So, uh, my next cookie, cookie cutter question that I have, Lenny is, um, and you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, so maybe you can elaborate, uh, kind of, kind of deep, bro. Like however you want to take this, with your conversation, bro, I, I would just love to hear you. Um, Cause I, I worked in Seattle 
as a medical volunteer at the Northwest cannabis market for my uncle. And then I got to see him transition to rec. And then he, I think sold his portion of his rec business after a couple of years and for his own reasons. But I understand that you've done some similar things. Like it's like, okay, let's go all in. And then after you're all in, it's like, man, I'd rather take a piece out. So my (laughs) cookie cutter question is how have regulations changed since you started cultivating um sure like from from going medical to rec like however you want to tell the story man like i I just want to hear from you on that because i i i remember the first time talking to you on the horn you it it wasn't super negative like man everything's all bad but it's just like man this is a problem and this is a problem like (laughs) this used to be cool and i I don't want to get all nostalgic but i want to hear from you dude because you got 20 years in the game and you sell you sell all of these gardening products to people who are still in the industry. You know what I mean? Medical and rec. So um, yeah, your input is important, man. Sure, man. No, thanks. Um, you know, starting in the beginning, it was the wild West really, you know, in the beginning of the medical days, there wasn't much regulation. It was kind of crazy. Um, there were, um, medical dispensary, especially from the time, you know, in 1998, when the uh, medical laws passed, no one even really knew about it, you know, so there wasn't much going on. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of underground, you know, and then like around the early two, you know, in the 2000s, like around, I don't know, oh, 2009, 10, 2008, 2009, the, the medical uh, shop started popping up where if you had your medical card, you could go in and you could purchase herb or concentrate or whatever. They started popping up like, but it wasn't regulated. It was kind of like the wild west. Um, there was a bunch of debate on uh, basically if you just basically you could just go get a business license, open your doors, but it was risky. No one knew like if the feds were gonna come for you or what, you know. So it was kind of like crazy. It was some of them were getting shut down and some of them were being left open. You didn't really even know how it really worked. It was kind of like just taking a risk really. Yeah. But it started, it started catching on like wildfire and people started opening them up and um, it was, it was just a real interesting time. You know, there was a lot of stuff kind of just trying to get figured out on how to even do all that and what you're supposed to do now. Um, and at that time, you could, uh, with your medical card, you could combine cards and have big co-ops and all this crazy stuff. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Warehouse grows, bro. Totally compliant with big. state regulations. Yeah, you know, and then so um, it was just, you know, right around then and then 2011, 12, it was just kind of going wild with the medical side of things. Um, and then... They shut it all down. The feds basically said they were going to come and close your doors. If you didn't, they're going to come take all your stuff. So they closed it down and, and we were wondering what to do. And then this whole thing about recreational, you know, and it was us in Denver and um, we were the first ones, us in Colorado to legalize it recreationally. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And um, what I saw that kind of hurt us when you said, you know, I, I kind of didn't like the regulation so much when it went recreational is because they just tried to, to um, separate it and regulate it so much that it just made it hard to, you know, make money as a grower. You yeah. Know? Hell and, yeah. Um, you know, when Oregon did it, 
I'm sorry, when uh, Denver did it, they allowed the you to grow it and then sell it out to your front door as a licensed recreational grower and reseller. You know, so you could, you know, take advantage of growing it and selling it. Well, here they separated it so much and taxed it so hard. It's crazy the amount of tax it did. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't be a, a, a retailer of it and a grower at the same time. So yeah, same. You, you had to a, pick one or the other, man. Yeah, so and, and like the benefit to being a producer was that you could write off a little bit more shit, you know what I mean, than the retailer could cuz the retailer under tax fucking law is a drug dealer, you know what I mean? Yeah, so there was all this regulation that came. The regulation really came in when uh the recreational showed up. And um they separated everything so they could control it and um the if when we all filed for our licenses, you could either get a, a producer process a producer license, a processor license, or a retail license. You, They did allow you to get a, a producer, which is the grower, the producer and processor license together because if you grew it, then they wanted you to be able to process it and package it up and do a sellable item, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so a So they allowed those two licenses to combine, but they didn't allow you to get a retail license and then one of the other ones. You know, you, so basically, you just had to decide if you wanted to sell it or grow it. Yeah. And then when they first did it, they taxed it at 25% at each level. So if you grew it, you paid an excise tax to the processor when you sold it to a processor. And then you paid a 25% tax when you sold it to the retailer. And then a 25% tax when the retailer sold it. Oh, fuck. That's crazy, bro. It was crazy. And so that tax was so high, they had to change that after about the first year. They're like, holy shit, you know, these these guys aren't going to make it. We're taxing them too hard. And that... And, you know, that the state, when they legalized, that was their thing. They was like, well, we're going to let you guys, you know, legalize this. We're going to tax the shit out of you, basically, and just see how this goes. <laughs> Take yeah. all the money. Yeah. <laughs> For real, bro. For real. <laughs> you know, so Oregon kind of started to flourish with their method. You know, the, the growers kind of did good. They could grow it and sell it. But right out the gate, man, the growers started to struggle here in Washington. And, you know, the other side of that, too, was there was a 30-day window to apply for a license. And... Yeah they didn't limit the number of producer and processor licenses as long as you qualified based on their rules or their qualifications, you know, as long as you didn't have felonies and you had money that um, documented for investing um, and you had a place to do it. You met all these requirements of being a grower or a processor. They didn't limit the number of licenses. They just limited the time frame that you could um, file the 30 day window. And yeah. so they only, allowed 18 retail licenses between spokane and the spokane valley which is my area here they did yeah. you know they would do that for the area they would base they would limit the number of retail shops based on population i think yeah like like huge. like liquor stores because it's the the yeah. same same governing body right that controls alcohol is controlling cannabis in the state too right Say yeah so they change it to the liquor and cannabis control board yeah yeah so so when all these people wanted to flood the industry, they're looking at it and they're like, well, shit, you know, I can guarantee myself a license if I get on this grower side of things or this processor side of things, but I'm not guaranteed if I go file for a retail license because if more than 18 people filed for a license, it was going to go to a lottery system where they basically draw your name out of a hat and say, you know, here you go. Here's your retail license. Right? Yeah. Yep. Fucking A, So man. what it did is it created this flood towards the uh, producer processor side and, um, 
you had a ton of growers licenses out the gate. And so it just created, you know, how supply and demand works. You know, there was a oversupply right out the gate. The growers are fending for, uh, you know, a race to the bottom, basically, to, uh, on price. Just to, yeah, dude. Everyone's competing each other against each other. That's know, how it is in goals. Oregon. Like the the in Oregon, bro. Um, the first year it was it wasn't thirty days, but the the Oregon Liquor Control Commission was only gonna do retail applications for three or four months, and then they were gonna do. I think they started with lab testing. Was the first ones they they granted for rec? It was lab testing, so they could test the product, and then retailers, and then producers, and so. It was like you were saying too, though, as long as you were compliant, they gave you a license. And then, yeah. so that first year, only, only so many people were able to uh, to get that rec license, but they still allowed for medical producers to get into the dispensary for that first year. And then the second year, it's like they, they cut off the medical. You could only get 20 packs into the store in a year. That was in 2016 yep. when I went, I, dude, I went big in 2016 and shit just crapped out on regulations. And I, oh, I had a Lord. really bad thing happen with my, my landlord, but the regulation side of it was like, fuck, I got to do this medical to patients anyway. If I, I can only get 20 in the store. And that second year they granted a shit ton more licenses, dude. And that is when the surplus started, bro, it was in 2016 by 2017. I think there was. 1800 licenses for producers by then yeah. you know what i mean and now i think there's 2200 and they they capped it they cut it off and said they're not going to grant any more producer licenses until 2022 i think like it's it's a few years but it just whoa, got whoa. so flooded bro like you were saying they like a race to the bottom it was like fuck even they as a medical producer yeah they i, I could that shit up but like not allowing or by uh changing the law from uh what was it by allowing um people who weren't ready to get licenses originally they had it at rec that you know you had to be a resident of oregon for you know five years or something to to apply and get a recreational license and then when they when they change that law that's just opened the flood yeah and yeah, so in Washington, sorry to interrupt, Lenny. Keep keep going, Lenny. Keep going, man. No interruption. No, you're good. No, in Washington, uh, they you had to be a a, a resident. Uh, I was going to say, um, and um, yeah. Maybe so, anyways, respect that doesn't change much if if Washington did that because Washington's no better, frankly. I mean, at least in yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Governing yeah. bodies. Yeah, man. Still yeah. one sec. Hey, one second. Let me close this door, guys. Hold on one second. Oh, yep, no prep. Sorry, my kid tried to invade me there. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, what so you, um what are you doing? What are you doing? They the <laughs> you know, it really was the the you know the the liquor and cannabis control board didn't know what they were getting into or what even how to manage it so they wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be a shortage on supply right yeah yeah to the point where it's almost like they didn't care about the grower it's like well we'll just let you guys figure it out you know if you make it you make it you don't you don't you know they bottlenecked it down to just very few retails so they could regulate it and watch it and tax the shit out of it i feel you know collect all this money yeah yep. you know but it let dude i saw 
so many, you know, families and people put their, you know, everything they had in on these businesses to start up a grow operation. They thought they're going to have this amazing opportunity to yeah. make money growing weed. And, uh, yeah. you know, people lost everything, man, as this, as the market's trying to settle. So now what you got going on is the market is slowly trying to settle itself. You know, like the, the people that didn't do too well are just finally getting out of it. There's been a lot that have, have failed at getting out of it to where, supply will hopefully come down to a point where you can find a price that makes sense for the growers to make it and retail to, to make, it. I think eventually they're going to have to lower this taxes. I agree. Well, dude, I, th I think federal legalization, bro. Like if, if you guys in Washington, Oregon and California can exp export to other States without getting in trouble, like fuck bro. The, the, yeah. the price on an indoor pack will jump back up to 32 outdoor packs will jump up to 16 to 18 and everybody will be like yes we can fucking <laughs> yeah. be okay again you know what i mean because yeah a lot of places in the country will just not be good for growing cannabis you know yeah you could you could die you know, indoor, thing... but that like dude i feel like our our region especially is good for outside and inside and and dialing some shit in you know yeah, one thing you people know can... that go ahead go ahead I was gonna say, just like I, while I wish that, like I would, that thing that's a really smart idea to you know to have like states like Oregon, Washington, California export excess product to other states. I feel like that's it's gonna be obviously heavily heavily lobbied against by those states because that'd be taking business away from many producers that were there, or uh, you know. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. While I want to see that go down, I don't know how. Well, I think every state won't get into growing. Not every state will get into growing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either, bro. So, and, and so it'll what be he's like, saying is like, like if you could ship to Arizona, you know, where they don't want to grow in greenhouses anyway, or like, you know, right. North and South Dakota and shit like that, you know. So there's markets that you can tap into that we there's probably enough to go around. Hopefully, that yeah, I agree. True. I agree. I because to to me. I don't know how many people live in the state of Washington, but I know in Oregon, there's only 3 million people in the entire state. And there's like 1 million people in the city of Portland, but that's how big the pie is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to get well, bigger than that. So everybody is just you know what? for how big of a slice of the pie they're going to get. I think and it's limited, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, a, a million and a half pounds or more of surplus in the state of Oregon. And that's just, state tracked rec licensed producers you know what i mean there's all kinds of medical black market shit going down too that's just sitting there bro yeah. you know sir. the reason why that northern california landed as the spot to grow in the beginning of because it was the most ideal because of weather in the whole u.s yeah you know and so on the east coast it's too humid to grow outside if you've ever been to the east coast man you don't want to grow there it's humid as hell yeah it's not ideal for growing so that's why you know that the, the triangle there up in california is like the spot so the whole northwest is like that we're the ideal uh you know um place to grow and i think if it goes federally legal all the big money is going to come to this area and this is where all the shit's going to be grown yeah, you know, I agree. There will be some smaller grows and stuff spread out through the U.S. probably. But when you look at, like, you know, best places to put greenhouses and grow weed, you know, it's the Northwest.
Yeah, man. I, I feel like I was going to add this earlier, but dude, you led me right into it. Um, it's going to be like wine, you know? Yep, like there's exactly. there's certain places where vineyards are plentiful because people found a good climate where those certain grapes could grow. And the wine connoisseurs, it's the same thing. Like they'll ask where were the grapes grown? And it's like, you can taste the, the soil from that region in the product. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like cannabis will be the same or similar, you know, and it just, we got to get that, that law to change, man. Cause <laughs> I think that's, that's when the craft shit yeah. will really start. Cause there will, there will be like, there's craft producers right now, but there's big money also. And I think there will be like Coors lights and, and Bud lights and all that shit after it, it goes yeah. federal, but there's still going to be, some bomb ass IPAs, man. Some Ninkasi, you know what I mean. And yeah, it just yeah. uh, I I have faith that guys who are still passionate about their work can get paid. It's just they can't do it on a state by state basis because a ceiling gets reached, and then it's a race to the bottom. Once once you hit the ceiling, it's like okay, it's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. How how cheap can I do it and still pay my guys and pay my bills? Yeah, the one concern I guess I have, like when it goes federally legal, is like, you know, all the guys that are doing it now, they're basically small businessmen, you know. Um, you know, when big money knows that it's federally okay, then those guys come in and they pinch out a lot of the people that are doing it now. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. Um, yeah. But like you said, there's always going to be room for that, you know, con that, you know, uh, niche grower probably, you know, that, you know, has specific strains, let's say, or, just knows how to do it really well and i agree man like there's a when you can ship guys. it when you can ship it across the state lines that's gonna open up some opportunity for more business for sure yeah man and i i don't know there's this place down here in phoenix called i think it's called like wine world or something and dude they have i don't drink wine you know but they have every different kind from every different region across the world but the reason I go there is because they have breweries from Oregon on the shelf and it's turned up a couple of dollars, but I can't find that shit at 7-Eleven or even at the liquor store sometimes. So I go to that place because they, they have that, that dope, dope shit that I'm, I would rather drink than Bud Light. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's just, and to me, it's passion for the work man it's like these guys who made this beer were trying to make something really good with this flavor and you can taste it and these yeah. other guys were trying to make a whole bunch of this flavor and try and make it consistent because dude i feel like breweries in oregon too you can taste the difference across the years like sometimes a stout will taste different year to year you know what i mean the ipas different different hops got harvested and i dig when they list on the label what type of hops were used in, in making a beer like the citrus hops are what I like. But I think that being able to, to get that cannabis that's craft into the hands of the general consumer, it's like, at least give them the option. They'd be like, damn, that shit is $65 an eighth or $75 an eighth. Just speaking on a, on a, on a federal basis, you know, I mean, if some guy in Ohio can buy some shit from Oregon or Oregon for, 75 and 8 he'd be like damn that's expensive because i can get this other shit for 15 and 8 but you can yeah. see 
and smell and taste the difference. You know what I mean? So I think that people always want to splurge every now and then on something bomb. And if it's nationwide, yeah, bro, the math will work out, you know? Now that's one complaint here in Washington is that um, they don't allow you as the consumer to uh, open the bag and smell it, you know? So you have to buy it bagged up based off a recommendation of the uh, bud tender, you know, Damn. Uh, and it's behind the counter, you know? So in the medical days you could go in, you, they would open the jar, you could smell it, look at it, you know, and, and yeah. get a better idea of what you're getting. And then they'd weigh you up what you wanted and you'd make your purchase that way. And I think Oregon, or um, I think Denver is maybe like that. Is Oregon like that? Can you walk in and, and buy out of a jar? No, not anymore, dude. Everything is either prepackaged by the producer or by the retailer. Usually the retailer will buy packs and then put them into compliant containers on their own as it, I think, you know, like, I, I think, think Colorado might be. Orders, they, would, they would have like 10, 10 packages of eights and grams for each strain. And, and that yeah. was a way to keep it fresh because, dude, for real, if you have to package like 50 pounds of weed into eights, it's, oh, you're trying to make that shelf life last is difficult, dude, you know? Yeah, so that's that's one thing that people don't like with the new regulation and stuff that, you know, it all has to be packed. I mean, which I get it, you know, it's got to be labeled and, and, and packaged and, and, and child so safe, but. So another question, um, if so in Washington, it has to be packaged by the producer. So actually, it's got to be packaged by the processor and uh, the, the processor point. could be the producer, but the producer has to have a processor license to process it into a sellable item and then sell it to a retailer. So retailers can't buy packs and put it into bags themselves and seal them. No, no. Uh, so that's also that's kind of sucks for the retailer, too, because they're just, you know, looking at it or you know, basically going off of a phone call of what they're getting. They can't. Yeah. They could drive out to a farm and inspect it and look at it before it gets bagged up, but that's a lot of work. I mean, you're buying from what thirty farms? You know, how many these stores are buying from tons of farms? So, yeah, dude. When when you say that, like that's when I worked for my uncle in Seattle and he went wreck. Uh, 2014. It was like September, I think, in 2014. He he took down his first crop, and so I went up to help trim, and. It was weird because I had to like everything was on payroll. I had to sign in and do all this shit and like three or four different stores. And it's just their owners or their managers came in while we were trimming it. And mm -hmm. they just looked at what we had. And dude, those three or four stores bought everything like yeah. right then. You know what I mean? And like it was the situation you were talking about, whether you can go and inspect and those guys came through, they're like, nah, this is bomb. We'll take it. How much do you got? We'll take it all. You know sure. what I mean? It was just like, damn, like to, to me that it just made me want to go all in just seeing that. Cause it was like four, 42 a pack or something. It was insane. I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. Dude? And it just, I, I don't, uh, I, I, it made me want to get into it a lot, but it, it changed really fast. You know what I mean? In a year or two. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it sucks too, that, uh, everything has to be packaged before it hits the store. Cause at natural wonders, that's what I thought was dope about Jackson is he would keep everything in a glass jar in the dark in a safe 
and then just only pull out enough to make enough packages for 10, 10 for each increment, you know, for the day. Until yeah, they started getting so, so many uh, fucking dispensaries used to um, just, and some still do, like leave their herb, just like the herb that they sell to, to customers, like in, like uh, right under harsh display lights, like. Uh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. But fucking five zero trees was like the main culprit of that. Like <laughs> back in the medical days, like they would literally have, they'd have huge shelves and they'd have the brightest lights just beaming down on their jars of nug. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, light kills it. It can't be good. <laughs> yeah. So you're I, getting a a a, de- a degradation in in quality when, um, you have to package it and it sits on the shelf you know like that you know so people are smoking harsh weed you get a lot of complaints of people saying man i got shit from the uh you know from the rec shop man i'm tired of going to those shops you know because a lot of times it's been sitting out sitting there for months you know and it's like yeah people yeah. miss the medical days because you could go buy out of a fresh jar where it just got grown and cured just right now and you're getting that you know yeah that it, it's that perfectly you. cured Back you in the face when you open the jar i remember we we did a little thing with the the magazine the north northwest leaf did a little thing about um recreational herb in washington and how they like bought in uh we had bought in like a gram for review or something and there was just mold like like a splotch of you know white mold on like on the buds very clearly yeah. And that was like, you know, it was probably at a portion um, where the package was covering it or it was turned over. You couldn't see it. But that was literally like on the shelf, like molding out. And that was, you know, probably available for 10 a gram or less or something like that. Good old powdery mildew. Yeah, man. <laughs> DM. Yeah, you know, so I think Colorado, I think. Don't quote me, but I think they actually sell it out of the jar still. I think because you know, they can grow it right there, and then they sell it out of their store in the front. So they have less regulation. I think it's more friendly for the end user. You know, they get a better quality product that way. So, you know, um, so to answer your question, and yeah, regulation has kind of hurt the quality too. You know, it's like creating more things, you know, and processes, and time that it sits, and all this stuff. I agree, man. I agree. Um, light and air will degrade cannabis as soon as it's harvested. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, like, what else do you want to say about the changes before I, I move on to my next question, man? Like, uh, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about the, the packaging aspect of it, too, because I, I wasn't clear on that between Oregon and Washington and yeah, so they like, used to so like so they are chilling out on the taxes a little bit. They were they were forced here in Washington to make a change. So instead of making it a twenty five percent tax at each level, and that's a, and actually so that tax was paid by the person selling it too. So wow. it's an excise tax, which hurt because so if I sell a thousand dollars worth of weed to a processor, so I'm a grower. I sell a thousand dollars worth of weed to a processor. Not only am I selling it cheap, yeah. I got to pay twenty five percent excise tax. So the seller pays the tax, so not it's the 250. buyer. So instead of like so that's yeah. two fifty, 
right? That's crazy, man. And then so that $750 worth of weed that the processor packages up and sells to a retailer, well, he gets taxed 25% tax in. So that processor pays for the weed he sold, right? Yeah. Then it was 25% when the retailer sold it. And it wasn't a um, sales tax. It was an excise tax. So the seller paid it again. So damn, um, dude. On the top crazy. of that, that's what it started out, man. It was killing everybody, right? And so that's because they wanted part of every, they're greedy. They want it oh, literally dude. like, I want. I want a chunk of every transaction. Yeah. Like you give me if yeah. you if you sell weed, I I need a piece of it every time. You... Sheriff of oh, Nottingham, dude. shit, bro. God oh, damn. It was, yeah, it was highway robbery, man. <laughs> so then, uh, what happened was is within the first couple years of that, they realized, <laughs> oh, this is unrealistic, and yeah. so they changed it from each time it got sold to a one-time tax at the end. So now it's 37.5% that the retailer pays. They, they took those 25, 25, 25, and they did it. They had to do some equation because the way that the math works, it's kind of the same thing, I guess, you know? Yeah. If you do it at 37.5% on just the end user, but also on top of that, you still got the Washington 8.9%. So it ends up being like 44.5% tax that the state yeah. gets yeah, on the crazy, end purchase. Dude. So just right out the gate, man, the state's your partner, right? Yeah. It's like crazy, you know? And so all the growers basically have just been struggling this whole time. And that's been the tough part. It's starting to set a little bit. I think prices are actually on the rise for growers now. And then hopefully, you know, it gets figured out. But I think that tax is still a little too hard or a little high and they, they're going to have to tone down that down sometime in the future so that some of that money can be made by the growers so you actually get a little bit more longevity yeah man but, and better product because that was my complaint in oregon when they limited the medical growers because when it first went wreck i could still get packs in the store even if i didn't grow them i could go and grab them from a homie run them through the fucking lab it passed let's get them really? on the shelf you know what i mean and so it was dope but <laughs> After after the second year, they're like, okay, medical growers can only sell twenty packs to the store, and it's like, fuck, like that huh. shit sucked to me, dude. You know what I mean? Because my point of view was, you guys are only taxing it at the point of sale, which I think is correct. You know what I mean? Because it's like there's sales tax on pretty much every state except two. I think Oregon doesn't have a sales tax. Like I used to go to get school clothes in Portland um, before school started because there was no tax. You know what I mean? We'd go down there for a weekend and get some cool, some cool clothes. But the, my point of view was that the state could either fucking get that tax at the point of sale or not. It's like, you're, you're limiting, like, like I got bomb shit and I can put it on the shelf, but you're saying only 20 packs in a year. Like that's whack. You know what I mean? Like I, cause I'm going to get this loot one way or another. And you guys could get the tax at the point of sale or not. Like it, it's compliant with all the, the testing and everything. And you guys want to piss and moan about the amount. And, and now it's just super over flooded and, and fucked up. But to me, it, it shouldn't matter if it was medical or a rec producer, if it's bomb and it went through the correct lab testing, then it should be able to get on the shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, and so that, here in Washington, that, that's a free market to me. You know what I mean? Because they're really limiting all the medical growers got fucked up with the zoning and shit too. When it wreck, it's like, 
when it went wreck, it's like you have to be zoned agricultural or industrial. Otherwise, you can't get a rec license. Sure. And so it's like, so man. Here in Washington, medical growers can't supply to the rec market. Ah, oh, damn. At all? No, no. Damn. That's a bummer. So medical is its own thing here. Um, you basically, a medical card, all it does for you now is it allows you to have more on you which i don't think they monitor yeah um, you're allowed and it allows you to grow yeah so all these laws that have been passed is it still 15 plants i uh some of the doctors write it a little bit differently it's no more than 15 i've seen some write 15 some of them write it's six but okay um so these laws that have passed haven't been laws to allow you to grow. So still you're not really legal to grow without a medical. Yeah, man. And there's, so. there's, I, that was one, uh, rule change. I remember when rec happened, they started cracking down on the medical program by regulating the doctors, the physicians who are giving medical marijuana recommendations had to report to the state um how many recommendations they gave out in a month if it was more than 30 and so to me i was just like and that shit's whack you know what i mean you guys are just trying to associate how much money they make off of this with you know they're like crack it just it bothered me and a bunch of clinics closed bro like it just the doctors are like fuck that fuck the state and it's none of their damn business you know what i mean yeah so you know, I've seen a ton of uh, people getting out of it now, you know, being at the grow shop, you know, at Roots, I see more people selling equipment now than buying it, you know, so you've got a lot of people discouraged by, you know, that, well, you know, or, or basically just you can buy it so cheap now at the store that they don't even really want to grow their own. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's just people, you know, get the market settling to a new place now, you know. Yeah, man. I And that bums me out because I've. I want everybody to be able to grow their own if it goes federal. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. that's what bothered me about the Washington rec law was you couldn't grow your own. You had to buy it from a store. You yeah. Know what I mean? Is, yeah, you still have to have a I wonder uh, once it goes federally legal, yeah, how that'll work. We'll see. Yeah, because I, I think guys like you, too, with a garden store, it's like, man, yes. If everybody should be able to grow their own, they can come buy shit from me too to see what see what works good for them. You know what I mean? It's it's good yeah, right? for business, and it's just the the lobbying arm of big money cannabis producers are trying to say no, make them buy it from the store because then they can only buy it from us, and then it's our market. And it's like, dude, everyone should be able to buy seeds and grow their own, like just like tomatoes or anything else in your garden, man. I don't I don't want to see that limited on a nationwide basis you know yeah seeds is still a funny thing isn't it yeah yeah um i get okay so my next cookie cutter question lenny was how are things right now you talked about a, a little bit what like how do you feel about the climate at least in the state of washington for cannabis like um, do you think well, it's 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 gonna it's looking up or is it, is there still bad shit happening that's not getting taken care of? Like, you know, it seems like uh, the market is finally given an indication of some type of stabilization. I feel like um, 
you know, you're starting this on the rec side of things. That's kind of like where all the real numbers are, you know? Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, the price isn't dipping, you know, it, it, different times of year, you're seeing prices, you know, based on the, the October, we call it croptober, right? Yeah. Because everyone harvests in October, you see this huge flood. Yeah. And then prices drop and it's this roller coaster of a price line that you see. And it, it's just, it's showing signs of, of being less drastic and, and uh, predictions are that um, you're going to see some higher prices that the growers are going to finally get for their product. I mean, most of the growers that I know are either breaking even or. Yeah, dude. So I, I agree. Well, like that was, that was my whole principle for going outdoor was this shit's going to get flooded. And as an indoor producer, I can't skimp on my costs. You know what I mean? Like it's going to cost me the same to produce this shit every single round. And if I'm using the sun, I have way less cost. So yeah. when it when it does get flooded, I feel like it's going to be a volume thing, and I can still get mine. And it lasted for a yeah. year, bro. You know what I mean? And it was like, no, nah, flooded. Like it's really flooded, and can't eat. You you can't pay your guys except in weed, and it's better fucking figure something else out, motherfucker. And it's like, all right, okay, self. Note to self, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> um what uh what do you envision for the future of the medical program for medical yeah like it, it, you can still get a card in washington and produce right like is there still yeah like yeah because to me when it went wreck it's like requiring a, a medical patient to go and pay that price at the store when it first came out was not feasible man you know like if, if yeah a patient still needs their medicine. And so like, that was my big worry is the regulation tried to kill it. So that sure. was a question that I had for you. You're still a medical producer. So I mean, yeah. How, so, how you, you know, medical go? now, medical now is just for the home hobbyist pretty much. That's all it is. So, you know, the peak of medical growing here was, you know, in like 2011 and 12, you know, basically when it was the Wild West, you know, yeah. and there was no wreck, you know, and people were just jumping onto that train, learning how to grow and wanting to, you know, fulfill the, you could, as a medical grower, then you could sell to the, the retail shop, right? Yeah, yeah, bro. And and fill the, the shelves and, um, you know, there was no regulation of it though either, you know, so it was kind of crazy, you know, people were doing some wild shit, man. Yeah, um, dude, I, I since, was taking part in some of that wild shit too, bro. <laughs> right? Oh man, I saw some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so now it's just tone. It's calmed way down. You know, it's not gonna probably be like that ever again. You know, it's just uh, for the home hobbyist at this point. You know, and the people that want to know exactly what they're getting, and you know, uh, you nice to know your stuff's not being sprayed with pesticides you know or yeah uh, i agree stuff That's like that you know man i agree i want to grow my own bro you know i can't do yeah, it here in phoenix right? because i'm within 25 miles of a dispensary so i'm like fuck this is whack. <laughs> like i miss that shit <laughs> yeah. a lot bro i miss it a lot and it's just i i want uh, that i want that to be just a get a little grow tent man and a charcoal filter man no one will smell it just grow your own man no yeah cool. I've been pricing it out on Amazon, bro. Like I got another 10 months on my lease and I'm 
I'm not that satisfied with what I can grab at the store. So I'm like, man, I got yeah. seeds. I'd rather just. So just as far as it where up. it's going to go in the future, I just think it's kind of going to stay where it's at or maybe even blow down a little bit. I mean, the more it goes legal recreationally, the less there is a need for people to grow it their own. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so like, okay, so like this is another part of that question. What about strain wise? Like, are, are there rec producers who are growing? um CV, cbd strains and um what like what's the thcv that's a a new weight loss diabetic treatment type sure. strain i guess like are are there people producing that on the rec market or is that still on the rec normal? market yeah because to so, me that it was good to sell people shit like that who were brand new i'm like when yeah. was the last time you smoked weed and they're like oh 30 years ago in college i'm like okay you you need this one-to-one at 8%, you know? Sure. Because you're not going to die or fucking freak yeah. out. You'll be okay, you know? And I, I, I don't know in Washington because I haven't really been there in a long time or, or went to a rec shop, you know? Yeah. So CBD is a whole medicinal thing that's kind of getting figured out. That's kind of like the new thing right now, too. You know, a lot of where people are getting their CBD is from um, hemp, though yeah so um that's kind of its own little market basically you know that there is a market for like the one-to-one like a a pot grower you know a marijuana grower that's got a strain that's offering a you know a ratio of cbd to thc but that's not a huge market because most of the cbd people are seeking that out for some type of medicinal use you know yeah 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 they're they're going for like other like rubs and and or um edibles and stuff like that and um so where that's being harvested is from like the hemp farm you know yeah. and so they got these huge hemp farms coming up now and they're they're blasting all that stuff into concentrate and then that's going to you know processors which could go to a marijuana processor and they could you know incorporate that into whatever they want you know whether it's uh something that's going to blend THC and THC or THC and CBD or just, you know, put out something that's just solely CBD, you know? And so it's really, it's generally, I'd say it's two different markets really. And they're kind of blended at some point, you know, like word, um, you know, so right now this is the new bandwagon is uh CBD. Now, you know, that's coming up. Everyone's talking about that. because that was more uh it's becoming more and more legal now too well yeah dude and it is well because that that's my concern for medical is that if rec producers aren't you know growing cannabis that has the ratio that that people need for their medicine because some people too like if they have to go to work during the day they can't get super blasted but they still have anxiety inflammation and pain so if it's not available on the shelf at the store, then these people should be able to produce it themselves or have a caregiver do yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can buy CBD stuff just directly online now, right? And so- Yeah, it's at the gas most station, of the- bro. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, damn, CBD sold here. I'm like, what the- Most of the people <laughs> going into the retail shops, you know, are going for, you know, something that's going to give them a head change with THC, you know? So yeah, you're not you're not getting a ton of CBD products in the, in the retail shop. You know, they're going to have a little small section. It's not a big 
seller, uh, you know, shop. No doubt. That like that was my experience too. And I, I worked at this shop called Kings of Canada in Portland. And as soon as it went wreck in 2015, like all kinds of aunties and grandmas came in, bro. That were like, <laughs> you know, had smoke. I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm like, if it's been 20 or 30 years, then you should get this Charlotte's Web because it's 20% CBD and 1% THC. They're like, what does that mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, this is non-psychoactive, not gonna, not gonna get you high. This 1% will get you high. So it's not gonna fuck you up. You're not gonna freak out. And after two or three times of buying that, I'd see them again. And I'd be like, hey, yeah. what's up? You want more Charlotte's Web? And they'd be like, well, I'm like, you wanna feel something, don't you? And yeah. Like, well, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, we have this one-to-one at 8%. We have this other one yeah. at 10%, there you, you know? And so, once they try that, then they'd be like, okay, I feel all right. Like, I'm like, okay, man, try this. Try anything you want, man. Like, this is going to make, well, when, you know, like it, it just trying, trying to get people to understand the varieties and what the difference was in flavor and content, you know? Yeah, that the CBD also tones down the effect of CBD tones down the effect of THC. They they kind of they're they're, uh, they're a symbiotic relationship, right? So the, it's I good agree. to have them together because the THC will boost the effect of the healing properties of CBD. Yeah, and the CBD the CBD kind of like tones down that head high that you get from the THC. But together, they're they're more medicinal than one or the other by themselves. So, yeah, man, I agree, uh, dude. Like that was my job so. interview. If I had a job interview, I would smoke two bowls of one to one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then right. brush my teeth, you know what I mean? Make sure my tie is proper, my collar is fucking slow. Yeah, you get that. Man. Calm your nerves, man. Dude, still yes, and, and totally calm. And, I, it, dude, I, I got a lot of white, a lot of weed jobs off of that shit, you know? Because it was just like, man, I'm, I'm cool. Because I don't know who's going to be interviewing me, but I'm going to be confident and not nervy you know and be good to go. i went super stoned to my first job man i was 16 going for uh a dishwashing job at sizzler and i me and my buddy we smoked a herb i had to leave man i couldn't i was like <laughs> total fucking paranoid man like that was you know, my was, first job was too though was dishwashing too much bro. man yeah, yeah dude. so like you don't want you don't want to be on that side of things for the interview sure. yeah hell no man no 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 yeah, paranoia no nothing man calm and cool collected um so uh what what sort of ideas or concepts would you like to promote for the future you know know, i think at this point what do you want to see happen man like what do you think is well you know it makes sense you know so with all this production that's going on we're gonna need to see some more efficiency so like the idea of like better lighting and stuff like that you know um, you know, the LED thing is a huge buzz in the market, but, you know, everyone's confused about that. You know, it's like they they kind of push LEDs uh, and say they can do more than they really can, you know, um, in my opinion. Um, I think one day they'll get there. They're getting better and better and better, you know. Um, but the reality of having a 300-watt LED produce like a 1,000-watt intensity discharge like double ended or something like that that's not they try and push that shit all the time um but you know if they could get to that one day man that'd be where it's at you know you could you know uh, use less energy producing the stuff you know i mean we're we're taxing the power grid huge now already you know can't imagine um what that is but um 
it's a major consumption of resources and it'd be cool if they could come out with some type of uh, lighting technology is a lot more efficient no doubt so do you, do you what do you think about leds bro or i mean you saw those at your store probably right like yeah um there's more hype still behind them than the the truth behind what they really do i still feel like you know you still have to spend you know big bucks on an led for it to perform like they really say you know these cheap leds i agree I, this I, idea that that they're going to produce you know i agree i've much. never i've never shaken hands and talked to a guy who said i switched to leds and i fucking crushed yeah. it's always like yeah. i switched to leds nah. and it was 30 percent less uh less yeah. you know yield and i'm like damn that's a lot i'm like what well, did you save on electricity for ac and and you know like lighting like did it even out on a spreadsheet and nobody has ever told me yes yeah you know so i like see all never. the growers you know i see yeah. all the, the recreational growers i see all the home growers it's still not in the high 90 percentile of people you know not don't they don't use everything people that love leds are just lo in love with the idea of it i feel like you know and they're lying to themselves yeah, NASA, wishing that it NASA, was as good as the, the space yeah. station uses this to grow herbs on there yeah you know, like, fuck. I whatever. mean, We're I see a lot Earth. of the big grows. I see a lot of the big grows and they're not using LEDs. Yeah, man. Same. I've, I've never, I don't think I've, like, I've uh, seen YouTube videos of guys who, but I don't think I've ever seen any rec producers who brand themselves as, yeah, we it's use just not, LED lights. And, it's and, just not an obvious no brainer difference yet. You know, hopefully we can get there one day where, you know, it is, but. I think there's something about the intensity to the light that helps too, you know, that you yeah. get that penetration and depth into your garden, you know, I mean, when you take an LED panel and you spread that, you know, thousand Watts over a panel, you know, you're not getting any intensity now, you know, you're just yeah. getting, uh, you're not getting any uh, penetration in your garden. I agree, man. Yeah. And it's... so you get like this top growth that looks good with LEDs, but you don't get nothing down below, you know, and then, so that makes it a problem. No doubt. No doubt. So hopefully um, we can get to a point where efficiency and lighting, that'd be the number one. And, and like, they're getting better, but they're just not there yet um, from what I've seen, you know? Um, and, um, you know, the greenhouse right now with supplemental lighting is putting out some good stuff. You know? I agree, so, uh, bro. Same. Like most times you can't even tell, like you call that shit. Indoor, yeah, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the key, the thing about that is, you know, it's hard to control your environment with the outdoor elements messing with you sometimes. So yeah, if it gets, past it's all about if it gets past a yeah. hundred, even if you got the windows open, it's fucking hot in that bitch, man. Yeah. So, you know, the ideal grill room is like, you know, if you could just stay 75 degrees all the time with like, you know, 10 degree up or down here but um you know outside you know you're having huge temperature swings and so that affects your quality of product and stuff too. so um, efficiency is just going to be key in the future i feel like trying to troll your environment as best you can i agree man I, I always when i talk to business people too i'm like man when it gets competitive it's all about efficiency like how much are you are you using to get to the end you know, because if, if you can save on that, then you can do better than everyone else. Because fuck, like yeah, with for sure. You know, like with like down here, I don't. 
there's this one shop called True Med AZ that's down the street from me on 40th Street in McDowell. And they're like the only shop that their IG feed is cracking and their product is bomb. And I, I don't know, you know, how they're controlling their environment better than everyone else, but I just haven't been that impressed with everyone else's product. And they seem to be doing it right. But to me, I'm like, fuck, if you guys are like through the summer, that has to be a shit ton of fucking money for AC, dude. If you're running, <laughs> you know, a thousand watt bulbs in an indoor room and AC, like even if you're doing it's still 90 degrees at nighttime. You know what I mean? So, wow, it's it. I'm like, oh, dude, even with the lights off, it's still. Yeah, I don't know. A bitch, you know, a lot of AC, that's for sure. Hell yeah. And so I, I don't know any guys doing the greenhouse thing so it just it's just not feasible and yeah in it's not arizona dude. man yeah it's not like maybe up to like maynard james keenan grows grapes up there in jerome and makes wine maybe, maybe that would be an okay climate up in the mountains but otherwise Black it's a goddamn desert yeah it's it's hotter than shit down here but bro. then it, i mean even in arizona i mean when night comes sometimes it drops super cold right yeah you through know? the winter bro like it'll be it'll swing from like 80 in the day to like 50 or 45 at night like that's a huge swing in stress and on that's fucking plants, that's you know one thing mean? that affects quality in a, in a grow room is the the swing of you know what i mean yeah Just freaks man. the plants out yeah, you have 40 degree swings or 50 degree swings all the time. Yeah. The plants just, they just don't like it. No, nope, that's stressful. Just... Shocking, man. Shocking. Also, I imagine that would uh, stress out like equipment too, like dehumidifiers <laughs> and ACs, like constantly, like, you know, obviously the ACs in, in Arizona probably get more use than they do um, anywhere else. But um, yeah, just having like, um, oh, yeah. You're having to rely on, on yeah, that. Dude, you're having to you're having to rely on more um, types of uh, equipment. You know, you need a, a heater for nighttime, and you need an AC during the day. And it's like, you know, <laughs> if yeah, you don't have exactly. all that, if you don't have like, all that, you're missing something. You know, yeah, yeah. And I feel like if it's constantly, you know, something's if it's if it's getting cold and the heater's kicking in all all the time, then it's getting real hot and the AC's kicking on kicking in. It's gonna put more wear and tear on on those type um, appliances. And you know, I feel like they they probably do a good amount of grow room maintenance yeah. down in Arizona during the summer. Just need to keep things working. Yeah, cost and then cost to grow. The cost to grow starts to shoot up. That's a big yeah, problem. You know. Yeah, and and yeah, starting. Like when I moved down here, there's no lab testing required other than potency. But starting on August 27th, there's going to be pesticide and mold testing. And so, so who supplies the shops in Arizona? You Can basically growers do it, or and, and no, you can't. You if you get a retail license, then you get a production license too. And hmm. you, it's supposed to be on premises, but I think there's some sort of loophole where you can get a warehouse or something off premises and produce it there. Hmm, interesting it, yeah dude and is so the quality kind of hard i mean is yeah, it what's it's the quality whack, like? bro it's whack as shit <laughs> dude like i i dropped true med's name not just because i want to get them on the show in the future but because it is dude like they got the best shit in the city like it's they got bomb i remember being at 
I used to stay in Mesa for a few months with my sister when I first moved here, and there wasn't very many shops out there. And I can't remember the name of the one. It was North Mesa. But I went there, and they had maybe 15 strains of flour on the shelf, and I was talking to the guy, and I smelled everything. And I'm like, dude, I, I just told him, I'm like, I don't do this often but I'm going to walk out, bro. Like you don't have anything that I want to fucking spend any money on, dude. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. Are you guys growing this year? He's like, no, because as, as a retailer, you can buy from other producers too. So some guys just go super big with their production and can supply other stores too. And the guy told me, and I had already been there because I followed them on IG, but he told me he wrote it down on a piece of paper. So he wasn't saying it out loud. And he wrote true med AZ on a post-it note and handed it to me. And he's like, check these guys out, bro. They got fired. I was like, yeah, I've been there. You guys are just closer. You know what I mean? So it like laying I'm serious. There's no mm. everything everything bomb is coming from somewhere else to me. Except for Yeah, we're a little spoiled here in the Northwest, I know. We are, dude. And man, it it is, dude. Like there's just more pride in the work and Sometimes I feel like the difference is being able to cultivate your own. Like if patients were allowed to grow their own down here, I feel like the product on the shelf might be a little bit better because there'd be more talent to pull from for stores who are producing, but the average patient would know more about what they're purchasing and ask more questions. Cause that was my main concern, dude. Like nobody behind the counter could sell me shit. I'm like, who grew this? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, what was it soil or hydro because most of it's hydro down here too and i can't smell mm. that because it's pre-packaged they'd have like a little jar with the screen that you could smell through and i'm just like fuck man is there any laws in place for home growers or is a medical grower a home grower or what you have to live 25 miles from a dispensary to grow for yourself the loophole is you can have a dispens uh, a patient who lives 25 miles from a dispensary and grow for them within the 25 miles so like mm. that that 25 mile rule eliminates 95% of the population. So anybody who's growing inside of that compliantly at least has a patient who lives outside of that radius. And it, it just I haven't found that patient yet. The clinic where I got my card said that they would link me up with that patient for 1500 bucks though. I'm like, what? Like, what? That's way too expensive. Dude, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, wow. we, only we only require that you transfer one ounce of medicine per year. And I'm like, an ounce <laughs> of medicine per year is and a fucking joke if it's a patient. Yeah. I'm here, like, what yeah. are you guys talking about? Like, this is wow. whack. So I want to go to a different clinic. I don't want to drop their name because I don't want to ask them onto the podcast, but it just shocked me. Like, I, I I was just like, I'll find the fucking guy on Craigslist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to pay you 1500 bucks for that. I just paid you 150 bucks for my card. So, like, you're reaching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this dispensary, I got this pre-roll at Berkshire Roots. Going back to the point, dispensaries having to have uh, fucking grows on site, like you were saying in, in uh, Arizona. Um, I don't think it's a, a law in mass. I think it's probably similar to, or sounds similar to the Arizona law because uh, there's um, there's definitely some retail companies that have grows that are off site. But um, this grow, I mean, this dispensary Berkshire Roots. They have a location in Pittsfield. They have like a 
huge warehouse attached to their to the back of their retail store and they have like huge gate along the side like security gate having people go in and out um but yeah they i haven't been super impressed with with what they produce i actually brought bought some uh concentrate uh from them a few days ago and um my dad went in and got it for me um and he i you know it's like oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try it my dad has his uh his medical card out here so it's just easier for him to get stuff um i was like yeah i'll try I'll, you know i'll give a a, a recreational concentrate a try and told him to ask for the tastiest and cleanest option and he came back with a gram of like blueberry cookies sugar wax which was like literally like brown very brown no smell yeah. to it whatsoever yeah um did it look and, Did it look sandy? Like there was fucking yeah, sandy. And well, that's cool. Well, you know, that just cool. tasted awful. <laughs> it was according to them, it was ethanol hash oil, so it was solventless. Although I don't, I, I didn't buy that. But um, what the fuck? yeah, that does yeah, it was just fucking terrible quality. It was six sixty a gram. It was shit, and and the more the more than I'm mad about the quality of the product. I'm mad at the dipshit behind the counter who was like, when my dad asked, what's the tastiest and the fucking, the tastiest and cleanest option you have? And he, and he pointed to that. It's like, yeah, like, you know, be honest. Like if it's, you know, if it's, if there's nothing tasty and clean in the concentrate world, you know, don't recommend anything. It's just yeah. like, that sort of integrity is, is lost. People just, you know, it's fucking dispensary owners monotone and they just you know hey what do whatever to sell the product you know yeah i agree man like that's the northwest is is really good for that like yeah like in portland like that's how i'd rate a shop i'm like man if the guy behind the counter could i'd tell him what i like and he'd give me three or four options and i smell the jar cool yeah dude good job yeah five bucks you know what i mean and down, yeah, down and they, here and they get away and, with that shit too it's just yeah, annoying it's like it's, yeah people come in and buy it so they keep making it yeah and that's what i don't like is it's down here it's still medical so you're misleading a patient on which medications could work for them you know because you're not exactly. knowledgeable on what's on the shelf and yeah it's not like we're pharmacists but it's like dude read some fucking forums like get an ig account dude follow some people like yeah mm-hmm. you know um is there uh oh shoot dude i forgot to ask if there's anybody listening on the youtube podcast uh live stream if you want to call in and ask any questions of lenny volpe the number is one eight three three seven 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 three two two seven. um that's one eight three three seven 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 three two two seven. dabs yeah three two two yeah okay. Seven is devs, yeah, man. Shout out to Mitchell. <laughs> Shout out to Mitchell, man. Like he. He's so what is it? The, the the last four is dabs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One eight seven seven. What was it? Uh, wait. One eight three three seven 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 dabs. Yep, that's what it is. So if anybody wants to call in, I'm pretty sure Jess is set up to receive calls there in the control room. He's flying solo. Mitchell's on an airplane somewhere, so. One eight three three seven 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 dab. 
Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Is, is there anything else? Can you plug your social media? Do you guys have one for your uh, your garden store or anything, Lenny? Yeah. Um, I just roots roots with a Z indoor yep. garden supply in Spokane. Um, uh, my growing affiliates, uh, Starleaf and uh, the High Road. Uh, the IG for uh, the High Road is uh, High Road five hundred nine. Uh, they're putting out man. they're putting out my favorite stuff right now um Yo, i work I side by side with those guys we we had uh one of our buddies rich axtell on the show for the bud tenders episode it was uh the end of june i think and i think he mentioned those guys too yeah they're up and comers man they they're really doing it well and doing it right man yeah i like that too that that roots Gar- indoor garden supply we had uh rich the the breeder of dog walker on here and he uh, a few weeks ago and he he works at root garden supply in portland yeah, oh, yeah. okay I was, yeah i was like right man on. same name man yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm uh man. i'm roots with a z word yeah yeah roots he was yeah. roots with an s so that's, yeah, that's right a difference there yeah man that's cool Yep, he was a good interview too, Lenny. Is is there anything else that you want to talk about, bro? Like, is there is there any stories you want to share? Like, I, I always try to ask people uh, if if they can share one story about a loss. You know what I mean? Like one 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 part where you where you fucked up, and not necessarily <laughs> that you would that you would want to go back and change it because you learn from these things. You know what I mean? But there yeah. there are definitely obstacles on the path to success and. And sometimes sure. success means maintaining before you make a, a big boost. So sometimes you, you take steps backwards. Are there any stories you want to share about any, any losses? Oh man, I got off the top of my head, you know, one that stands out, um, you know, in the wreck side, you know, at the peak of, of all of this, you know, what, three years ago, we were all excited three, three, three summer crops ago because our when we just got licensed at the rec shop at Starley, our first grow was kind of half-assed because we got licensed late. We got out with just a bunch of shitty plants that were stuffed in a basement that were, you know, light deprived. And we thought we were going to get our license before we did. And they were overgrown and just mangled and twangled. And like, we get outside with them when we finally got licensed, we were late in the grow season yeah and we're like well we just got to go with what we got and we just put them into pots and containers and and it ended up (laughs) it was it was comical you know really with uh what we ended up with but we're like okay man you know next year is going to be our year right you know so we didn't um we didn't do so great starting out you know that's just how any startup is right so yeah mistakes um, happen man we're all pumped up man you know so the second uh, our second growing season, we we planned really well for it. We got everything, you know, ahead of the game. We had a really good uh, looking crop going coming into the season. We put all tons of hard work into it, man. And and but we were still low on funds, you know. And so, you know, Been when there. we did this thing, we were on a budget. You know? Yeah, we didn't have millions of dollars. We got the biggest license. We had a tier three license, which means we could grow. Th- it's like. 31,000 square feet of canopy, right? Damn. A big part of our grow is outdoor, and it's a lot of money to, to go full capacity right out the gate. So we were kind of building into it, and we had a, a our biggest portion of our grow is, was our backyard. Anyway, 
well, we were a little short on security. And um, so we were kind of trying to monitor it from home on the cameras and, and we couldn't be there all the time. And, and we're uh, zoned light industrial in the heart of Spokane's light industrial zone where you've got, uh, you know, we're not out in the country hidden. You know what I mean? Nah, it's in the city, and bro. So, yeah, that's how my uncle. You know, we had people, too, bro. We had people kind of, you know, monitoring our grow, watching, you know, pirates basically. You know, we're watching. We're we're trying not to get hit by, you know, thieves basically, right? Yeah. And so we're kind of, you know, getting through our grow. That we had. It's kind of funny. Our yard's four hundred and twenty plants, five gallon pots, right? Yeah. And, um, it's a pretty decent sized grow in the middle of Spokane. And, and so there's, there was a time frame that we couldn't have somebody there. I think it was midnight till we had security there and they were gone for a certain amount of time. It was like, I think they leave at like four in the morning. And we had like from four o'clock till seven, nobody would be there. Yeah, that's a three-hour window, bro. That's a three-hour gap, man. And so, so I get a phone call, and it's my partner Jeff, and he's like, he goes, goes, just got. I go, what the? You talking about? What happened, dude? What the fuck? You gotta come. I get there, dude. And half of the yard gone. Damn. Fucking straight gone. And I thought, you know, if we got hit or something, you know, they might get a few plants or something. Dude, we pulled up the cameras and it looked like something out of a movie. They backed up a semi. And the thing is, is we have cameras and an alarm, right? Well, they got through that by backing up a semi up against our fence from the neighbor's yard. And they cut through the fence and didn't trigger any of our... uh sensors 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 or nothing because they cut through the fence and they snuck in seven guys come crawling through you can see them on the camera they come crawling through the fence and they're wearing masks and shit look like something out of a movie you had like you know the president's masks and shit dude like no joke they look like they were all in halloween costumes and shit god and they came with with machetes and you just see them chopping our plants down dude chopping hauling them and they like stuffed this fucking box truck it looked like pretty it was a it looked like a semi it was just a huge box truck, right yeah well the fucked up thing was is we were only like four weeks into bloom and dude the plants are just starting to set their flowers yeah man that's not yeah if you're gonna turn so, it well maybe yeah dude move. like right so the, i knew it wasn't an inside job because who the hell would steal fucking plants at the onset of buds i mean if someone's going to do that if you know what you're doing if you any person that's in the industry or tied to the thing you know you're going to wait till this shit's like you know seven or eight weeks in at least right hell yeah bro you know, in that's, the bloom. that's crunch time man that's when i'm like that's when we sleep in shifts at my cousin's house you yeah know i mean we'd have cameras so set up too it's like i go was to the... sleep first because i'm not a late night guy and i'd wake up at four in the morning because it's time for another guy to get off shift you know that was the other reason why we didn't have 24 seven uh security yet because it wasn't the time to really be worried about a major onslaught yeah exactly dude 
Fuck, yeah, know? man. That's crazy. And so it was just idiotic that somebody would pull off a fucking heist to that level of, of degree and miss the factor of, like, when to do it. You know, come on. Yeah, man. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, I'm laughing about it now. It wasn't funny at the time. Hell no. But um, they got half of our yard, man. They But the thing, and to do that, they had to stuff this thing. So not only did they take it premature, they were packing the shit in, like, to the point of, like, tight stuff, cram this shit. Like, just the idea that we're going to get as much as we can if we're going to do this, we're going to just pack this thing full. Damn. To the point where, like, it, I mean, it was crazy. Man. You know, so many things working against them. Yeah. And so it was just like, talk about getting hit, you know, when you're already down, you know, with the idea of, you know, we're just trying to get this business going. No doubt. We're on a budget, you know, we're finally looking at a good crop. We're all excited. So it was, it was deflating. Yeah. Like, yeah. What year but, was that, bro? What year was uh, that? Let's see. Eight, this is probably a summer harvest of 2015, I think. Damn. Yeah, and so it was on the news, man. Uh, it was probably the biggest heist <laughs> that Washington had seen at the time or probably still has seen. It was pretty major, man. It looked like something out of a movie. Son of a bitch, it was man. crazy. God damn it. Yeah, man. you know, but we rebounded from it. You know, the next harvest after that was our best one we'd ever had. And we just built it from there, and things got better. Word. Know, as long as, okay, like, so... Know, Okay, so my my flip side to that question, you know, like we're we're running out of time, I guess, but uh what that was one of the the worst situations, that was a big L. Um what what's about talk about one of the the best wins or one of the best decisions you made as far as you know, like what what led you like what was a prosperous decision? Can you talk about one of those and tell a story about that? Oh shit, man. Um something good that's like really panned out from all this yeah yeah you know what i mean like one move you made that worked out and was a smart move you know like especially in hindsight it's like well if i wouldn't have done that shit i, I would have really been you know there's been there's been many uh you know down times and there's many good times um i don't know man you know i i would say uh the one of the best things i ever did was uh you know, going to business for myself, you know, and be an entrepreneur. I agree, um, bro. I be, like working be my for own, myself too. Yeah, be my own boss, you know, through opening up uh roots. Um, I've been able to meet, you know, all kinds of uh, people that I've, you know, would have never met, you know, and just built off of that and it's helped uh, you know, my network and um the ability to, you know, work with uh friends you know now and, and uh you know being being your own boss man going into business for yourself is probably the best thing that i ever did you know because you know you gotta you do gotta work a lot and you're married to it and you're tied to it but you know you work as hard as you want to you know, if you don't want to do shit don't do shit and maybe you ain't gonna get shit but that's up to you you know <laughs> yeah man i agree you know, but when, when i bet on myself i can deal with losing it's like when, when i bet on someone else like I'm, I'm working for this guy and then he ends up not making enough money or ends up letting me go anyway. It's like, fuck, I would rather just done that work for my own, you know, and, and it, it yep, exactly. benefited me more and I could, I could deal with losing. So 
I don't know. Yeah. Like that's whenever I get anybody to invest, it's like I want them to at least get their money back. It's like you're, you're betting on me. I don't want you to lose. You know. For sure. But, yeah. Um, is there? Uh, I guess that's like an hour and a half, Lenny. Man, it's been a pretty good interview, bro. Right on. Um, is there anything else that you want to add or talk about? Um, any any anything else you uh, want to plug as far as websites? Like, you want to direct traffic to any location for retail? No, that's it, man. You know, I don't know. Um, just buy buy, buy nudes from Roots Indoor Garden Supply. Yeah, Spokane. yeah, we're over here in Spokane. Roots with a Z. It's Roots Indoor Garden Supply. Uh, you know, I work uh, for our hours are pretty simple, man. I'm open eleven to six monday through friday and i take saturday and sunday off now so no doubt that's dope is is there any um clinics in spokane that you could recommend to somebody to go and get their medical card yeah yeah uh i go through personally uh best medical the whole time uh you know the last not the whole time but i've been with them for the last eight years now they're my favorite best uh, medical best medical yeah they're uh easy to deal with and they're good people over there changed hands a couple times but i've stayed with them they've always done so that's good man card they're good that's dope i want to keep that medical program alive in washington i don't want to see that go away you know sure man Um, yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah, no doubt, dude. We appreciate you taking the time. Um, shout out to Jess in production for hooking that up, man. Like, man, for real. He 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 booked you as our guest, and we appreciate you showing up, dude. You really had a a bunch of insight, especially yeah, on man. the state of Washington. Um, hopefully, we can have you back for a follow up interview in the future. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. Word. Okay, man. So, uh. I'm going to go ahead and just do my outro dance, folks. This was the 14th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, KDM Kane. With me was my co-host, Will Terps. Signing off. Our guest was Lenny Volpe from Roots Indoor Garden Supply in Spokane. Roots with a Z. Um, I got to give a shout out to my guy in production, Jesse Curry, flying solo. Um, also, shout out to Mitchell Wilson. He's probably on an airplane somewhere coming back to the Northwest. Uh, this has been a main node and Joseph Street Enterprise production. Yeah. All right, you guys have a good night, man. Dude, all right, all right. Thanks, Lenny. Dude, like, man, yeah. that was a good interview. Thanks.